Hi there, my name's Chris, and you're listening to Role Plus Pod. I wanted to start this episode out with a bit of a personal welcome from me to you. I've been playing tabletop RPGs for more than half my life, everything from Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 through to Pathfinder, Starfinder, GURPS, and there's a whole host of others that I can't wait to try. This hobby means a lot to me. That's why it's so awesome to be able to bring my hobby to you, so that you can share in the crazy, ridiculous fun that I get to have with my friends. Before we get into the episode proper, I just wanted to start off by saying that we are standing on the shoulders of giants. There are other amazing podcasts out there that deserve all of your love and attention, so if you like what we do, then please go and check them out. Some of my personal favourites are the Glass Cannon podcast, Tales of Nowhere, and of course, the godfather of them all that is Critical Role. We wouldn't be here today without the excellent example they set out for us. That said, we're all still pretty new at this podcasting thing, so please bear with us. We've tried to iron out all of the issues, but as any veteran DM will tell you, even the best laid plans go to waste. So we want to hear from you. Let us know what would make this podcast better. What would you like to hear us do? Find us on social media or go to rollpluspod.com and get in touch with us. We can't wait to hear from you. And now, without any more delays, I present to you the very first episode of Roll Plus Pod. On the first episode of Roll Plus Pod, a group of strange heroes meet for the funeral of a fallen friend. Just run away, dude. Please. Both hands out, one of them with a dagger, and they're just like, you wanna go? Like, A town on the edge of civilization and a community on the edge of sanity, our unprepared heroes must contend with history itself to unravel a curious mystery. I mean, it it depends. Are you like intending to like, are you shooting to kill or like kneecap? Um, I don't think I have a choice. (laughs) The dice decide I'm violent, okay? (laughs) I'm not good at anything else but violence. I'm good at violence. (laughs) When things take a violent turn, can the party prevent more death on the dream wake? Can I specify that I've slashed at the back of his knee? Oh, Jesus Christ. With shadowy pasts and an even shadowy future, what unique mysteries await in the town of Ravengrove? All of you guys need to fuck off. So, here we are, all gathered, ready to play. We excited? Yes! Yes! <laughs> okay, I like that. There was a lot of energy in that. That was good. Um, so yes, welcome everyone who's listening to Roll Plus Pod. This is a Pathfinder first edition um, actual play podcast going through the Carrion Crown adventure path. So we're starting off at level one, starting off at book one. Everything's new and interesting. And actually, as a uh, as a as a group, as a as a player group, we. I've got experience with Pathfinder, but nobody else really has any experience with Pathfinder. So it's going to be kind of new, kind of interesting. We might make mistakes along the way as we go, but the whole point is to have fun. So I am Chris. I am your resident GM. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. Um, I work for the NHS, but in my spare time, I live in a lot of fantasy and I've been uh, playing role-playing games, particularly D&D 3rd Edition, uh, D&D 5th Edition, Pathfinder 1st and 2nd Edition, Starfinder, GURPS, like a whole load of stuff since I was about 12. So I've got a good 16 years of experience with all of this madness. Uh, Without further ado, I introduced a lot of our, a lot of our players today to this wonderful, wonderful pastime. So I'll pass over to them to introduce themselves. 
I, I guess I'll go. Um, hi, my name is Roxy. I go by she, her. Um, I'm going to be playing uh, Luna Moat, who also goes by she, her, but I'll give you more information about that as we play through. Um, I'm completely brand new to Pathfinder. I've never played it before other than a little bit of like 2E that we do on the side very infrequently. My main experience has been Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, which I absolutely adore, but I'm really excited to try this new system that's been going for such a long time with loads of new sort of customization options. So, um, yeah, I've been playing for about four or five years. Our wonderful Chris got me involved and um, I've never looked back since. That's a glowing recommendation if ever there was one. That's because you are a glowing, wonderful person. Ah, very sweet. <laughs> uh, I suppose I'll go next. Uh, hi, I'm Rowan. I use they, ne- they them pronouns. I'm going to be playing Emlyn Jones. Uh, also uses they them pronouns. Um, I've been playing various RPGs for probably about... I four or five years, but the same as Roxy. Um, also introduced through Roxy and Chris. Um, I also DM as well, like occasionally. <laughs> Had a long-running campaign for about two years. Um, so mostly been D&D 5e with brief dabbles with Monster of the Week, um, Vampire Masquerade, a bit of Starfinder and Pathfinder 2nd Edition as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Somebody else speak. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trepidation of the silence of, oh, God, we have to, we have to actually tell them about ourselves. What? No, David, I do you want to go? Just, I was just aiming for a dramatic build-up, that's all. <laughs> I just had mistimed it. Um, hello, I'm David. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, uh, and I will be playing Avina. Uh, who uses she, her. Um, I am relatively new to the world of of tabletop RPGs. I've been playing for about nine months because of uh, Chris. It was entirely his fault. Um, And it's actually close to, I've only a few months away from my first year anniversary, which would be quite exciting. Mm, I was just Um, thinking that, actually. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I haven't played, uh, I've only had experience in playing uh, Starfinder and generally consuming Dungeons & Dragons content, even if I haven't played it myself. So Pathfinder is entirely new to me, but um, just by simply glancing through something like the wonderful archive of Nethys, I know that I'm going to be right at home because <laughs> there's so much minutiae. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, a bit, it's, it's a gritty system in some respects. But that's me. <laughs> and last but certainly not least. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead without the dramatic build-up. Um, <laughs> my name is Alice, and I'm going to be playing a character called Amranth. We both use she, her pronouns. I am very, very, very new, um, not just to Pathfinder, but to role-playing in general. I haven't done it before at all. So... Um, Thoughts and prayers for my fellow uh, <laughs> players and to GM. I hope not to stumble too much along the way, but I'm sure there's a learning curve involved. So, I must say, stumbling is most of the fun. 
you don't stumble, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Definitely. So basically, what we've what we've just discovered already so far is that I'm the problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And here I am stealing more of your precious, precious time to live in fantasy. <laughs> but if everyone's really excited and ready to go, we can dive right in to the joy that is going to be the Carrion Crown campaign. So just a brief bit of background. The Carrion Crown campaign is a uh, is the I want to say it's the third, I might be wrong, uh, adventure path that was released by Paizo. Um, so it runs across six different books. Uh, we're obviously starting with book one. And theoretically we'll be going from level one all the way up to around level 17 i believe um so it'd be quite a long journey <laughs> to go I'm so on to be like above level five or six yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our, our campaign particularly begins in the north of galarian in the infamous country known as the immortal principality of ustalav in the far west of this ancient nation in the county of canterwall lies the stereotypically silent, silent and sleepy little town of Ravengrow, and on the bleak and cold morning of the 2nd of Calistral in the year 4711 Absalom Reckoning, a small gathering of people meet at the gateway to the Ravengrow Cemetery that is known locally as the Restlands. Uh, each of our party has arrived this morning, having received a letter bearing the tragic news that Petros Lorimore, a professor at the University of Lepidstad, has passed from this world. Our four main characters have been specifically and specially summoned to pay their respects and to hear the reading of the will following from the ceremony. So I'll quickly pull up for all of you. Uh, and if someone would like to give us a little, a little read of that. I'll uh, take that, I suppose. Dear friend, this missive might reach you in a state of some surprise. And for that, I apologize. It is with great sadness that I must write to you and ask of you a favour. It falls upon me to inform you that my father, Professor Petrus Lorimore, has passed from this world. I know this may come as a shock. The accident has shaken many, especially myself. I know that you had a unique relationship to my father, but I hope you will not be too greatly affected by this loss. I'm writing to inform you that we plan to inter father on the second of Calistral and the Restland Cemetery here in Ravengrow. It would be a great kindness to me if you were able to attend and pay respects to my father. Per his instructions left in his effects, the ceremony will take place at nine o'clock on the second and will shortly be followed by the reading of his last will and testament. This brings me to the reason I am writing to you specifically, as you still may be uncertain as to the reason for this invitation. Father left explicit instructions that his will not be opened until specific named individuals have been gathered together. I, as his daughter, am one of the named individuals, but there are a few others. In case you have not yet ascertained, you are also among those named. I am not certain of the reason for this requirement to his will, but I intend to honour his wishes to the last and will be grateful for your part in this. I hope your journey is not difficult and that you find your way to us soon. With sadness, Kendra Lorimore. So yes, each of you has... Uh has received this letter over the last few weeks um, at various times and made your way to Ravengrow. And as we come in on the on the early hours of the morning, second of Calistral, uh, there's a group of people obviously at the at the gates of the cemetery. And at the center of this group is a very young looking woman, uh, hair pulled back into a tight bun. She's wearing a kind of a black dress that cinches tight around her waist and she's carrying a very thin leather bound journal in her hands. This is uh, Kendra Lorimore. 
the daughter of the deceased Petros Larimore. Uh, to her right, there is a mismatched group of mourners that kind of stand off to the side. Uh, of particular note, there are three halflings standing amongst them. Uh, Roxy, if you wanted to give us a description. Sure. Lunamote is stood quietly, politely, with her hands clasped in front of herself, her face set in a purposefully neutral manner. Her long white hair is flowing freely back from her face with purple streaks in tight plaits along her scalp, almost as if to hide them. She stands next to two other halflings who bear a striking resemblance to her, her parents, Lunamote's parents. Her clothes are a respectful black dress that hits her at the knees with a gray lace embroidered around the collar and sturdy black boots that might be more appropriate for someone expecting spend the day cleaning than at a funeral. But they've been polished and shine brightly as almost an apology for being so plain. Every now and then, the female halfling to her left looks over and tuts quietly before adjusting something on Lunamote's appearance. A stray lock of hair, an imaginary piece of dirt on her cheek. Each time this happens, Lunamote rolls her eyes but doesn't say anything, knowing that this fussing from her mother comes from a place of deep anxiety brought along by the solemn day. As they wait, Lunamote's brown eyes drift away from the scene in front of her as she daydreams her boredom away with just one thought making its way around her head. Death is inevitable. It is fate's choice whether someone lives or dies. Why grieve over fate? And standing slightly off to one side, away from the crowd, a mysteriously clad figure stands back, watching with fascination and a certain amount of trepidation. Uh, Alice? Uh, Amranth is standing mostly away from the crowd, however, more closer to the halfling group, as though there's some sort of familiarity there. Uh, Amranth's clad in a dark green cloaked uh, hood, which has been pulled partially back, though not fully, as though it's going to be lowered to show respect, but at the last minute had perhaps thought it would be better to keep her face concealed. Amranth is looking uncomfortable and vaguely apologetic, perhaps noticing that they're sticking out in their clothes not being black, considering they didn't have time or the clothing to change into something more funeral suitable. However, the brass buckles have been polished gleaming and all the dirt has been removed to try and make themselves as presentable as possible. And as the rain kind of begins to get heavier and Kendra pulls out a small pocket watch, peers out into the distance and a finely dressed figure approaches, drawing the gaze of almost everyone assembled. Uh, Rowan? Um, Emlyn approaches very upright posture staring straight ahead towards the cemetery ignoring the gazes of those around them uh, they're wearing a purple almost like wine coloured trousers and waistcoat combo with a white shirt underneath um, holstered on their hip is a mismatched rusted pistol 
Um, they've got light blue, almost grey tinged skin, short white hair that, while tidied up for the day, there's a bit of unevenness to it that gives the appearance of a home haircut. Um, they've got glasses, perch on the nose. Hair swept st- into side fringe. Very striking figure. Thanks. <laughs> As the crowd begins to draw a little bit more kind of impatient and the minute hand of Kendra's watch moves closer and closer to the top, the final figure approaches a flurry of colour and movement. Avina um, walks up to the slips through the cemetery gate uh, the last second, hoping to avoid any any interaction, really. Um, she hugs the wall as she kind of stays as far away from the funeral party as possible while still participating. Um, she uh, pulls her violet headscarf sort of closer around herself as though feeling a little bit exposed with this time with this crowd of strangers um she nervously fiddles with a uh, leather holster on her hip you just hear a faint riffling sound as uh, her fingers nervously play with its contents um has to uh, blow out a single piece of black hair that has drifted down from her staff to cover her eyes as she watches nervously at the crowds assembled and as she kind of slips into the back so to speak um kendra kind of puts the pocket watch into a hidden kind of pocket on her on her dress and smiles a little uncomfortably as she looks out towards the group well it seems we've all arrived i wanted to thank you all for attending especially considering the weather today. It's gratifying to know that Father has people who would travel all this way to show their respects. If if any of you would like to help carry Father to to, to his, his his rest, I would be honoured if, if you would like to do so. Amaranth steps forward and, balan- and volunteers to be a pallbearer. Mm-hmm. And then does as well. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, bet, I think it might be difficult for Luna Moat to join in on that <laughs> without a stepladder or some kind of weird stilt contraption. Um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> as Amaranth steps up, there's a flash of recognition on Emmons' face and they nod towards. Does Amaranth acknowledge that? Um, Amaranth probably wasn't looking. Uh, more focused <laughs> on uh, receiving the coffin without any issue in the meantime okay just chanting in your head please don't drop it please don't yeah. drop it, please don't drop it. <laughs> exactly that <laughs> uh, so as uh, the two two of the villagers that are here as well um, to help lift the uh, the coffin up as you kind of place it on your shoulders and begin moving into the cemetery proper and the procession heads up through the cemetery along a path that's known as the Dream Wake. 
Uh, and after a few kind of solemn moments, you crest the top of this kind of slight hill and you see ahead of you a group of men carrying farming implements that are blocking the way with one of them um, kind of to the center at the back, an older looking man who doesn't seem to be armed himself, but definitely seems to have this kind of like air of authority and presence um, on the people around him. And he kind of steps forward slightly upon seeing Kendra and just, that is far enough. We've been talking and we don't want Lorimore buried here in the restlands. You can take him upriver and bury him there if you want, but he ain't going in the ground here. There's a pause as Kendra kind of tries to gather herself. What do you guys all do at this point? Do I recognize anyone? Uh, yeah, give me knowledge local. Okay, Because it's been a little while since you've been in town, so it might not be as easy to recognize. Knowledge local. I'm First roll of the campaign, guys. No pressure. Is an eighteen. And it is a good role. Um, you recognize a lot of the a lot of the men in the group. Um, they all are kind of laborers. They're, some of them are carpenters. Some of them are farmers. They're all people who work and live in the town. They're not they're not normally the most um, troublesome lot. But the the, the old man himself, uh, you do recognize. His name is Gibbs Fenis. Um, he's a retired um, farmer in the in the area, and he's he's known to be a little bit of a a bit, a bit, uh, not so much a troublemaker, but he is a bit grouchy. He's a bit of a curmudgeon. He's got that kind of standoffish nature. So this, it's not entirely surprising if he's got something into in his head to have gathered this um, kind of crowd because people do have a kind of grudging respect for him. He's been in the town so long, he has that kind of gravitas. Okay. Um, Kendra kind of takes a moment, kind of clears her voice, and she, what? are you talking about i have arranged this with father grimborough he is waiting for us the grave has has already been she kind of takes a moment tries to calm herself down i'm gonna hand off the coffin to someone nearby for fuck's sake just Uh, okay so so if, if you're handing off the coffin um You could hand it off to someone, um, but it would take you probably a, f- a, a full cut, like round action equivalent, I suppose is the word phrase that. Sure. Um, so you can do that if you want, but you won't be able to do much else right now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, if you're, uh, your two options here are either you can hand it off to someone or you can signal to the other people and you can all put the coffin down. Depends um, on which you want to do. Should put the coffin down. Yeah. Okay, oh. so would, would yeah, you take the full round to do that? Cool. Um, and as you do, the 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 older man, the one that Luna Moat recognizes, he kind of steps forward again. He's like, "You don't get it, woman. We will not have a necromancer buried in the same place as our kin. I suggest you move out while you can. Folks are pretty upset about this now." And she immediately, her arms, like one arm just goes to her side, tenses. You can see the whites of her knuckles. And she steps forward. Necromancy, are you really that stupid and ignorant? And I'm going to need some initiative rolls. Because the 
I know. The other guys, however, um, are getting quite aggressive. So, let's hit that. Get the music a bit more pacey. So, let's start from the top of my list. Uh, Amaranth. I rolled a 15. Oh, very nice. Avina? 14. 14. Emlyn? Six. <laughs> Doing well, Emlyn. Uh, Luna Moat? 22. <laughs> very, very nice. And everyone else is done. Kendra got a 19. Uh, and at the top of the round, it is you, Lunamote. Obviously, remember, you are staggered for your first I, round. I am staggered for the first round. However, I am going to use my flash of insight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... I can use it on attack rolls, can't I, on other people's? So, yeah, you need to pick a... Uh, well, it has to be a, a d20 that you roll. Oh, that I roll. Yeah. And, um, it has to be an action taken by you only and cannot be applied to the rolls of others. Okay, I'm so, going to choose an attack roll of a nat 20 then. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so that's, that's me. That's your, that's your flash. It, it's not a surprise round, so you can move or take a standard action. Um... Yeah, can I move to stand in front of Kendra? I don't think I have enough speed, actually, to do that. Hang on. Um... I guess I'll move to stand in front of um, Emlyn. Okay. Uh, So, so, uh, Emlyn, obviously, standing to the side of the coffin that's now Mm -hmm. on the ground, Lunamo kind of moves forward, has this look on her face of a kind of controlled pain um but that's the end of her turn that brings us to the first of our friendly guys who is going to uh he's gonna run to oh he can just get to kendra so he's gonna do that then he's going to take a swing at Kendra with his farming tool. So he's kind of carrying this, um, like the, like a, a rake, and he's just going to kind of hit her with the flat end of the of the rake. Uh, but he um, <laughs> he rolls a three, so that definitely doesn't hit. Uh, Kendra, however, is furious. She is absolutely maddened right now so first thing she is going to do is she's going to take a five foot step backwards and then she's going to kind of reach up um so her hand that was by her side she reaches up and you see this faint flicker of almost blue energy as her hand moves and she smacks herself on the chest and you just see this ripple of energy flow over her as she casts a spell um, if anyone, I, I don't, uh, don't, let me have a, I'm not sure if any of you would know what the spell is. Let me think. I uh, would, I think, if, uh, I think you, if it's what I think it is. You can give me a spellcraft check if you wish to try and determine. 14. Uh, so that is unfortunately not enough. You do not know what spell that is. Fair enough. 
um, yes, you haven't got a clue, but um, it does look familiar, but you're not sure what it is. Um, well, every spell manifests differently. <laughs> it is true. It's a, every every class um, of magic have their own their own ways of doing things. Uh, so that's the end of Kendra's turn, however. So that brings us to... Let me just quickly, before I forget, because I will forget, I'm going to quickly pop the Mage Armor buff onto her. Yes, that's what it was. I've given you a little peek behind the curtains there. Uh, you already knew what it was. I know you did. <laughs> I mean, so, it's on my spell list, to be fair. I know it is. Uh, next is this guy who is going to... Uh, he can't get down to anyone, so he's just going to move there. Uh, this guy can get there. Look, pretty much they're just... Oh, this guy can get quite close there. So he's actually going to go there. So he, so most of them, a couple of, a couple of the guys kind of like move forward quite, quite aggressively. Um... And then one charges forwards and manages to get himself kind of between Kendra and Lunamo, who are at the forefront of this group at the moment. Um, and he is going to take a swing at the little halfling because he's not feeling... He, does, he doesn't trust the spellcaster. Uh, okay. That is a five to hit. Uh, swing and a miss, clearly. <laughs> yeah. light. I don't think I needed to leave a pause there, did I? No. <laughs> Uh, Amaranth, it is your turn. You have so you're not carrying the uh, the, the casket. You can do what you wish. Okay, um, I'm going to run forward and put myself in front of Kendra. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Oh, you would be running through a threatened square to do that, just so you know. So you, oh, you can I put myself to the attack. side of her? Either uh, oh, running there, yes, you'd be fine. You could go there without provoking. Okay, so I'll do that. Um, and then I want to punch this dude in the face, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me an unarmed strike. I rolled a nineteen. Ooh, okay. Uh, three damage. Three non-lethal yeah, yeah. damage. Three non-lethal damage. So uh, he is. Yeah, that was definitely a hit, uh, and it was definitely. Um, yeah, he's, he's he, <laughs> he looks a bit winded, but he is still standing. Um, so. So that's your move, that's your action. Avina, it is your turn. Indeed. Um, right, I am going to... Just as I've seen things start to kick off, so I'm going to cautiously come up alongside this tree and then slip over... Sort of, sort of, kind of hugging the crowd that's still around the coffin, but not, but not you, not not in a, using them as cover way. I should stress, right? Um, and then let me just. <laughs> I, I would not dream. Um, just check some ranges. Can I? Is it question about line of sight? Mm hmm. If there's people standing between me, do they count as blocking it? Or can they I count, see past them? They count as cover, but you do have line of sight. Cool. Line of sight is all I need. Um, so Avina uh, puts her hand on the sort of armoured belt around her waist, and inside there's a wool lining. 
So mm-hmm. as she um, touches that, there starts to be a uh, a sparkle of light around her other hand. Uh, her other hand as she subtly points at one of the thugs uh, in front of her, and I'm going to cast Daze. Uh, which one specifically are you targeting, just so I know? This, so the one, the gentleman the one... closest to the coffin. Okay, so the one, the one who tried between... to take a swing at Kendra. Uh, actually, he was the one who tried to take a swing at Luna Moat. Oh. Uh, okay. I was some distance away, to be fair. <laughs> I just saw someone swing. Okay, so that is a saving throw? Uh, it is indeed, I think. I would assume. Yes, it is. It is a save. Will saving throw, please. A will save. That is a nine. That is a failure. So, um, you take uh, it's your days. So you take no actions for how many, for how long? Uh, one round. For one round, dazed. Boom. He is dazed. And that brings us to the next guy, who is going to just. He's 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 going to full round action, and he's just going to run. Uh, which he has to do in a straight line. So what am I doing? Straight line. Let's get a better view. So straight line. He's going to run there. Uh, Next guy is going to run because he just saw you. So he's going to... Oh, he might actually charge. That could be fun, couldn't it? Wouldn't that be really fun if we did a charge? No, we not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that'd be fun? No, no. no. Uh, so I mean, I just, I'm pretty sure it's two up to twice the speed. Is it? Uh, I mean, only can I since I'm wearing. I may move up to double your speed if you move a distance equal to. Can I suggest that since I'm wearing red, I can pull some of my uh, outfits to the side and kind of do a bull um, <laughs> you be a matador well I'm standing in front of a tree so if I matador them they just charge into the tree I don't think he's quite that stupid uh, oh ruined my fun <laughs> alright attacking after a charge after moving okay so he can move up to twice his speed so that gets him to there in a direct straight line uh, gets a plus two on the attack roll and a minus two on AC so Plus two on that attack, though. So attack roll bonus is a plus two. That is <laughs> a seven. That would be a miss, thankfully. Yeah. This suck. I was I was very alarmed by that laughter. In in their defence, they are also swinging. You, know, you can tell, like you've seen a couple of them swing. Now you can see they are hitting with the blunt ends of these items. They're deli- you can see there is conscious effort to not cause harm, like okay. physical, long term harm. Like they're still trying to hit you, <laughs> like but they're just not trying to f- actually wound anyone. It's just a nice wholesome beating up uh, so he has a minus two let me just make a note of that uh, I'm going to put okay I, I, I will remember that he has so uh, Emlyn it is you however so you've got a halfling in front of you mm-hmm. hello I'm going to kind of sidestep the halfling okay and I'm going to Move some a bit more central. Okay. I see where you're going. So you're kind of stepping out to the side. So you're away from the main road. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
close to some other poor people's graves. But that's yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to draw a pistol and fire it in the air. Okay. I won't ask for an attack roll off that, but mark off the ammunition. Um, roll just in case of misfire. Oh, true. Thank you for keeping me honest. Give me a roll. It's all good, bud. <laughs> That's not a misfire. We're good. <laughs> that is all It's a three, three, but it's not a misfire. <laughs> okay. okay. It's a good um, aiming at the sky. You've got <laughs> one warning shot. Right that into his head. <laughs> no. Um, so, fire once into the air and shout I didn't think this far oh god (laughs) (laughs) all of you guys need to fuck off there it is the first F-bomb guys we did it I think we can retire the podcast here we've uh, we've, we've gone as far as we're going to go we've gone as far as we're going to (laughs) go okay give me an intimidation check and I will give you a plus four because guns are terrifying to most people intimidation which is so that's a plus four total cool (laughs) awesome I even blessed my dice on the last full moon and like cleansed them. And apparently it's done absolutely fuck all. <laughs> oh, that was so almost good. <laughs> Just to let you know, Rowan's done three rolls so far this game, and every single one of them has been the same number. So that's another three. Plus four is a seven. Okay. Um, all my dice directly in the bin. <laughs> going well then, going well. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, not a great roll. They don't seem to, like, they flinch when the gun goes off, but then it's almost like because you fire in the air, they kind of don't take you seriously as a threat right now. Okay, cool. I reload. <laughs> and uh, you can't because oh. you've moved. Reloading is a move action for you, oh, isn't it? Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, unless you can, I mean, you've got, have you got, uh, have you got the quick load? No, I don't. I went no, you've got quick, quick clear, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, top oh, of the round, Luna Moat. Yes, okay. Um... This guy in front of you looks very, no, he, he swung at you, missed, kind of went over your head, but now he just looks very kind of, not really with it and very, out of sorts and not even really his eyes aren't focused he's swaying a little bit but he still looks conscious okay cool that's fine um what you i'm going to so there's a guy that's slightly off to one side and back from the group mm-hmm. i'm going to turn to look him dead in the eyes uh-huh and then i'm going to cast sort of okay okay this gets us into some fun stuff because oh no he's dazed he can't take actions although no it's 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 this guy that i'm targeting no i know um his eyes unable to act act normal. it's just it's a good time to go through it anyway normally because you are in melee range of another creature mm-hmm. casting a spell provokes an attack opportunity okay so you would have the option of casting defensively which would mean you'd need to make a concentration check 
Um, and if you fail, they get to attack you. Um, and I think you lose. Um, if you take damage from an attack, obviously you have to roll a concentration check or lose the spell. Okay. But um, he is dazed and therefore can't take the attack. So do continue as normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a good time to go through the rules, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to cast Soto Bokeh on him, whispering. Um, um, many, many bad things, I'm sure. Specifically, <laughs> that if he doesn't pull everyone back, there are going to be fresher bodies than Laura Moore's in this graveyard. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, uh, I'm guessing that's a saving throw. Uh, yeah, sorry. Foundry just decided it wanted to break down on me, so I'm just going to double-check exactly what that is. <laughs> I would have thought probably a will save. I believe it's a will save DC 12, I want to say. But I, I'm just bringing everything back up. To that's cool, this. that's cool. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure that I failed the saving throw regardless because I only rolled a nine. DC. Oh, yeah, DC 14. Okay, and uh, what's the effect of the spell since he failed? Since he failed, he is uh, shaken for one round. Okay, shaken. So that is minus two on attack roll, saving throw, skill checks, and ability checks. He's going to have a fun time. He's going to have a fun time next turn. So uh, um, that's that, bring, that brings us to this guy at the back here, who is going to... He's just seen you cast a spell, and they're very superstitious. They're here to stop a necromancer, after all. So he's going <laughs> to come and hit... He's going to come hit you. Oh. <laughs> That is a 14 to hit. Because I'm not wearing my armor, because I've been forced into good clothes for the funeral, <laughs> that hits. Okay, that is three points of non-lethal damage. So since uh, since we've had a couple of bits of non-lethal damage floating around now, so non-lethal damage, just to remind you, um, if you take non-lethal damage, it doesn't take it doesn't take effect as like a normal damage. You still stay at full health. Once your non-lethal damage is equal to your current hit points, you become staggered, which means you can only take one action or one move action per turn. Once your non-lethal damage is greater than your current HP, you go unconscious. Okay. So just be aware. You'll also notice that on Foundry, you've got a little yellow bar showing you where your uh, your um, non-lethal damage is currently compared to your green bar which is your current HP love that nice visual thing for you um, mm. yes that's his move that's his action that brings us to Kendra who is going to um, I think she's Oh, well, she's not got any of her weapons on her, so she's just going to have to go with magic. So oh, she's going to she's going to step, take a five foot step behind Amaranth. So she's pulling back a little bit away from the casket, and then she is going to cast Acid Splash. I think. Ooh, fancy! Uh, yeah, she's going to cast Acid Splash, and she's going to target. I think the same one that Amaranth did actually, so he'll get a bonus to because um, he's uh, Amaranth is between them. 
but she's hoping a little bit of damage might knock him unconscious. So he gets a plus four to his armor class. She only rolls with an 11, unfortunately. So that does not do it. So just this globule of acid, she kind of mutters under her breath, shoots her hand forward, and this globule of acid just splatters across the ground behind and just... Isn't she behind me? (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't hit you. You're fine. I was going to say... She would have also taken a minus four for um, firing into melee as well. uh, That was not a good choice on her part, but she's angry. Uh, The dazed... there's, There's the shaken guy. The shaken guy is going to... He, he's, he's the one who's kind of off to the side out of the way a lot, but he's actually going to run up to Emlyn. Right. <laughs> and he's going to take a swing. Can we do that if he's shaken? Yep, because it's just a minus two on um. attack roll saving throws. It's staggered the way you can only do one or the other. Ah. Uh, and he rolls a natural 20. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> So probably a quick good time to go over the fact with because uh, I'm assuming I'm going with the assumption that most of the people listening to this have some experience with RPGs because that's probably our audience. But there are some differences between the way Pathfinder handles criticals and the way other systems do. So I just rolled a natural twenty, which is what we call a critical threat. So what I do now is I roll the attack again with all the same bonuses and all the same penalties, and if the second roll beats the armor class of my target then it becomes a then it is definitely a critical if i don't beat the armor class on the second roll it's just a normal attack um but it does automatically hit so my critical confirmation is a two so that's a fail because there is no way your arm class is that low no uh but that is however still four points of non-lethal damage okay cool uh, because he is feeling his fierce fantasies. And that brings us on to the next guy, who is the one that Amaranth punched, and he is not happy, so he is going <laughs> to swing at Amaranth. And he rolls a two to hit. Um, No, he did not so hit me. That went well. Uh, dazed guy is dazed, so we move on to Amaranth. Um, Amaranth's you know, probably feeling a bit amused about absolutely pathetic punch. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and punch him again. Okay, give me an attack roll. Okay, I rolled a 13. That is a hit. That's three points of damage. Okay, so he is still standing, but looks very unsteady. A little bit slower, a little bit sluggish. He is, in fact, staggered. Good. Uh, but he is still standing. Uh, you've got a movement action if you wanted it. No, I'm, I'm fine where I am. Okay, Avina. A question on the geography here. Can I take <laughs> a guarded step uh, uh, to, like, there? Uh, Yeah. Cool. Just because I'm, I've got my back to this tree, but I wasn't sure quite how obstructing it was in that direction. No, so, it, it, it's kind of just it's, it's kind of the, the like it's a small sized creature's space worth in the middle of the space behind you, so you can step to the side of it. That's fine. Cool. Um, so I've seen this guy barrel towards me, presumably looking quite um, vexed. They look enraged. Is probably the yes. best way of phrasing it. They aren't calm. 
Um, so I don't want I don't want him a hold in my business. So I'm <laughs> going to take a guarded step to here, basically keeping my sort of hugging the tree as much as I can while trying to like sort of while he takes a second to catch his breath, almost like just sort of slipping back. Okay, oh, five for the step, uh, and then I'm going to quickly crouch down to the ground and sort of get my fingers into the presumably kind of quite wet earth beneath us. Mm-hmm. It has seemed it's been raining for a while. Um, and so get that in my hands, and then I'm going to cast Mudball at that gentleman who charged at me. Okay, give me, a, give, give me a bit of a description on what Mudball does and how that works. So, how that works is I conjure a ball of single ball of sticky mud and launch it in an enemy's face as a ranged touch attack. Uh, if the mud ball hits, the target is blinded. Um, each round at the beginning of its turn, as creature blinded by the spell can attempt a reflex saving throw to shake off the mud, ending the effect. It can also be wiped off by anyone who wants to help him. Okay. So you need to make a reflex saving throw. A reflex save. That is an 18. That's a very lucky save. <laughs> okay, so uh, nothing on a successful save, is it? Uh, it's, yeah, it uh, negates it. Okay. Oh, wait, hang on. Um, no, sorry, I've misinterpreted that. I do apologize. I Sorry, that was meant to be a ranged touch attack. I... Oh, Right. Sorry, the the box flashed up a massive <laughs> DC, but that's to shake off the effect that's, if it's afterwards. Right. Uh, so it should have it should have automatically rolled an attack roll for you. Then does it have that in uh, there? It did not. Did it not? Okay. Uh, just go to your combat tab and roll a range attack. Okay. Um, Twelve. And that is against touch, so that hits. Cool. He's so I yeah that I, there's sort of there's a as I sort of stand up before I cast the spell you can see me kind of like rolling a ball a ball, ball of um, mud back and forth in my hands kind of like um, one of those marble tricks mm-hmm. um, before I quickly toss it in his face where it just sort of gets completely into his eyes. So he's blinded, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Until he saves on a reflex saving throw. And that's at the beginning of every one of his turns, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh... How many bad guys can we get an effect on in one go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't make it. I haven't got any kind of meta magic to make it viral, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so next, one of my only two people who have not had anything bad happen to them. Oh, and actually, the, the dazed guy is no longer dazed because that would have ended on your turn. Uh, this guy is going to take a swing at Amaranth um, because you just punched his friend twice. So he's, like, he's this the guy just in front of Amaranth to the side, and he is going to take a swing, and that is a 15 to hit. It does not hit. He is terrible, and he feels bad. Uh, As he that should. Brings, that brings us to Blind Guy, though. So Blind Guy gets a reflex save. That is a four, so he is still blind. He is indeed. Uh, he's gonna stum- He's gonna take a five foot step, stumbling backwards. Uh, Emlyn. Oh, I got two of them on me now. Oh, that's not ideal. Uh, the guy to your to, um, directly below you, mm. like um, who's, who's the one who's just stumbled. He's the blind one. Okay. Um, cool. So he cannot take attacks of opportunity against you because you are considered concealed from him. Okay. Great. If I take a five-foot step, I can still use my movement action to reload. 
yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, five foot step does not count as movement if you take no other move. Uh, like if you move no other distance that turn. Perfect. I'm going to move five foot diagonally away from both of them. Okay. Uh, I would like to reload. Okay. And this guy just hit me, so I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Because <laughs> that's... So we're at that's the point, equal, right? We're at the point that's not an escalation. Well, that's not an escalation of, at all. I am thoroughly choosing. I mean, it, it depends. Are you like intending to like? Are you shooting to kill or like kneecap? Um, I don't think I have a choice. No. Okay. No, you I don't. Just shoot. <laughs> a gun cannot do non-lethal damage. Okay, and because he is within thirty feet of me, I get plus one. Yep. Point blank. Shot. Which is lovely. Uh, so that's sorry, so that's an eighteen dip. Oh uh, yeah, that's gonna hit. Yay! <laughs> awesome. So that is a D eight plus one damage. That's nine bludgeoning and piercing damage. Wow, you don't let them go easy, huh? I the dice decide. I'm violent, okay? <laughs> not good at anything else but violence. I'm good at violence. Oh, did he die? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh. Surprisingly, shooting someone with a gun kills them. I don't want to get political, Oops. but... <laughs> yeah. That, is, that cool. is what they're designed for. Uh, cool. So that's your movement, that's your standard, and top of the round. So actually, at the top of the round, something strange happens just before Amara, uh, just before M, uh, Lunamote even, I can see who is, uh, just before Lunamote's turn. Because um, a couple of them happen to be more or less grouped together. So what those of you who have a view of it, I mean, um, Amaranth, Lunamote, actually it might just be Avina that sees this then, because the rest of you are going to be a bit engaged with the people ahead of you uh, one of the one of the uh, mourners runs forward just behind kendra she's a woman she's got um like quite a quite quite basic looking clothes she's got a little um cape uh, like a uh, leather looking um shoulder cape she's got a bandolier stretched across um her midsection that has all these different vials in it and she is going to pull out one of those vials and is going to throw it um, at this square, so direct, like not not near any of you, but kind of between all of the guys who are who are being bastards. Um, yes, random woman, pop off. So she's going to throw her Yeet. weapon. Which is going to go there. Okay, so she she hits the square, so that's fine, because hitting the square is just a, uh, an AC of five she has to hit. And then she, everyone in that area has to give a reflex saving throw. And that is a 16, an 11, and a nat one. So two of them being this guy and this guy they both take four points of fire damage as this this vial kind of cascades over the into the air hits the ground and there is just a burst of it's 
definitely fire, but it's kind of got like almost like a purplish tinge to the, like the tips as it flame as it flickers up, and then it's just in the, in, immediately just gone. Which uh, is is the, is the one in front of me on fire? Uh, not they're not on fire. They have just taken damage. Okay. Um, they have been hit by the flame. And yes, it is the two directly in front of you. The other guy is saved um, and therefore takes none. But yeah, so this burst of flame and that is her turn, Luna Moat. Cool. Um, having seen the... Well, yeah, having sort of seen in my peripheral vision that one of the guys has gone down to the side from that gunshot, Luna Moat's going to sort of turn, smile at the guy in front of her and shank him. <laughs> she has. Mummy dearest is not going to like that. Right. <laughs> you have that nat 20 handy. Well, what do you think I'm going to use? I did warn them. Okay, so are you using your flash of insight? I'm using my flash of insight, yeah. Okay, so that's a critical threat. So now you need to roll the attack roll anyway, because you what? need to see if you hit their AC to make it a critical hit. Yeah, plus two. Is a nat 20. Flash <laughs> <laughs> of insight then a nat 20. Do I get anything good for doing double crits? Does she keep rolling? Does it stack? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. If if if, I, if if on any occasion a, a confirmation roll is a nat 20, I am going to say that it gets... Um, so if it's double damage, it turns to triple damage. If it's triple damage, it turns to quadruple damage. If it's quadruple damage, it turns into quintuple damage. Cool. So I'm on triple damage. So you're triple damage. So what what do I do? So I need one and a half d sixes. Wait, why why one and a half? Because the dagger's one d three plus one damage. Oh, so you just just do one d three? No, because you do, you you roll whatever the damage is and then multiply it by three. Oh, okay. So Inclu- including the modifiers. Okay, so. That's three, so it would be six points of damage, right? Well, what, what, what's your what's the damage on the weapon? Two. What? Right, so I rolled a two. You so rolled a two, so that's it's one. Four, it's four points of damage then. Okay, but your your damage on the dagger is one d three plus one, yeah. Yeah, I rolled a two. So, so you rolled a two, which is one on the dice, plus one for your strength is two. Mm-hmm. So that's six points of damage because it's tripled. Cool. <laughs> so six points of damage right. then. Uh, yeah, well, either way, he's dead. So okay. cool. <laughs> um, that's Big this stab. guy. Which, Big that. Well, yeah, I'm going to like, at the high time at, you know, it's right in front of my face. <laughs> oh, sweet, you know, two foot 11. Um. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, he's getting stabbed uh, right in the femoral. Oh dear. Okay. Well, he down. Yeah. Um, you've got movement if you wanted it, though. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm real happy right here. And that brings us directly to Kendra, who is going to do another acid splash against the one next to you. So he doesn't get cover, but she is firing into combat. So that is a minus four. And that is only a four to hit. She is just. She's too emotional, clearly, to handle this. That brings us to Mr. Shaken but not scared. (laughs) No, he's staggered. He's staggered. Um, So he's just going to try and hit you. He can't. He can. He can move or he can hit. He can move or he can hit. But he is. He's. He's feeling a little bolstered. So he's just going to. That's a four to hit. So he's just going to 
look at you woozily and feel sorry for himself. <laughs> but the guy... Ah, this is the guy. So um, the, the next guy is the one who is next to the now stabbed and burned fellow. The other burned fellow <laughs> um, is going to... With a giant grin on her face. He is actually just going to start running away because he's just he's just seen the full force of what you've just done and he's feeling not great so he's just gonna run do i get an opportunity then if you would like it oh hell yeah i would i want to throw a dagger at his back okay so uh so you can uh, give you give me an attack roll yep so with a dagger oh that's crooked i think that looks crooked yeah it's cocked <laughs> okay so that's an 11 <laughs> that's a hit come on oh. all right these guys aren't wearing any armor they're literally yes. just farmers <laughs> it's two points of damage <laughs> and your dagger sinks into his back and he falls to the ground dead oh cool sweet um, it's amaranth's turn <laughs> Amaranth can probably like really clearly smell the stench of blood everywhere and it's just like oh no this has gone south far too quickly <laughs> um, and then just throw another punch at this guy and hoping that he at least won't die <laughs> okay give me a uh, unarmed strike I rolled a 16 okay so the 16 definitely hits that's 5 points of non-lethal damage and he is unconscious good uh, Unconscious uh, but not dead. Thank me later, farmer man. So, how, how many points did you say? Six? Five. Five. Okay, so then that makes her uh, 11 points. So, yeah, he is now unconscious. Uh, which I can't seem to find in front of me here. Because it doesn't count as a condition in Pathfinder. That's why I'm getting confused myself now. I'm just going to, I'm going to mark him as dead, but he's not dead. Like, cool. just to make that clear. <laughs> um, but that's your standard action. You've got movement if you wanted it, Avina. Uh, Amaranth. Avina's um, next. I'm, I'm just confused. going to take a five-foot step directly in front of the other guy. To okay. the left of him. Sure. Avina. Yes. Um... <laughs> so I there saw are now that... three dead, one unconscious, one blind. Yeah, this... <laughs> This got messy. Um, is it possible that I... Did I... Um, that flash of purple fire would definitely have caught my eye, wouldn't it? Oh, you, every, everyone will have seen that, yes. Do I recognise it? Um, or what it might be? Give me a straight intelligence check. That I can do. And that is a 15. You don't know specifically what it is. Um, you do know that it was not. It's not a for. It, it's not entirely natural, and it's not entirely magical. It seems to be something related, but not kind of adjacent to magic. If that makes sense, you're not a hundred percent. Okay. I mean, I've just I've seen a lot of weird stuff in my in my time, so I don't know. Everything I I everything about it says that it's not. It's not any kind of magic you know of, mm -hmm. um, but you also know that it's just not natural fire. Okay, well, I'm going to be keeping a keen eye on that lady for a while. 
Um, what do, what do? Um, I... I think I'm gonna, I'm still kind of annoyed at this guy who charged at me, honestly. So I'm gonna peek around uh, this tree and go for days just to make sure he just can't do anything. Okie doke. So is it a will? Uh, that is a will save, yes. That is an 18. Okay, he's remarkably strong-willed. <laughs> Surprisingly so, in fact. Um, you've got a move action, because you've only moved five feet, so you can do a move action if you wanted a move action. Uh, yeah, so I, I've got another 25, so I'm going to... Um... Incidentally, the, gonna other, say... the other side of the tree you're hiding behind has... Um, a rather old, uh, an older looking and very scared halfling woman. <laughs> <laughs> is this a, is, does, is there a sort of resemblance between this and the other halfling who's been running around stabbing people? You've not had much of a chance to look, but possibly. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm going to come up to, I'm going to come up to by, uh, by this, the halfling woman then and just, um, <laughs> is she like kind of like crouched down or? She is kind of a little bit hunkered down. I mean, it's hard to tell because she's still so short. Um, can I can I say I'm going to kneel down next to her and just kind of like just go? Are you okay? So technical problems are a thing apparently, um, but we haven't missed anything. We caught the recording problem in time. So the last thing that just happened. So Avina, you had cast. I think days was the cast uh, spell you cast. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately the guy saved from it so he is fine and then you just moved over next to the halfling elderly woman yep so I'm gonna um, sort of crouch down next to her and just kind of uh, not right to grab her hands but very sort of like cautiously like just to put a comforting hand on her and be like you know it's, it's okay keep you know keep breathing stay calm it'll be fine and just making sure she's staying calm, essentially. Okay, yeah. Um, she's she's heavy breathing, but seems... Yeah, shaken, but not panicked, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, that brings us to the guy in front of Amaranth, who is going to take himself a wee little swing. Actually, is he? Just run away, dude. Please. I mean, you've got to admire the commitment. I'm going to do a will saving throw, and if he beats the DC I'm setting in my head, then he is going to be strongly willed, and he is not strongly willed, so he has gone run. Good. You've got an attack of opportunity if you want to, Amaranth. No. <laughs> I'm not vicious. <laughs> Just leave. Okay, that brings us to the blind guy who gets a reflex saving throw. 17. That is a pass. He is no longer blind. Yay. Um, <laughs> he scrapes the mud away to realize that he's uh, <laughs> the only all his friends are dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, he actually is also going to run, which means he's running past you, Luna Moat, if you wanted uh, an attack opportunity. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the bloodthirsty Luna Moat strikes again. Go for his tendons. I don't think that's a miss, but I'm just going to check. Uh, that'd be a 21. <laughs> yeah, no, that's going to hit. <laughs> Give okay. me an attack, a damage roll. What do we got? So that would be four points of damage. Ooh. With a dagger uh, attack. Another dagger attack. He is still standing. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'll uh, retrieve that in a minute. 
bleeding. Oh, because because he's run past you, you've essentially slashed him as he's gone past. Oh, okay, cool. So you still dagger. have that. You still have that dagger. I've um, and I think the guy, the other guy, the oh. other guy, we you threw the dagger at, didn't you? Yeah. Can I yeah. say that I've slashed at the back of his knee? Sure. Oh, Jesus mm. Christ. Uh, it's always the ones you least suspect. Yeah, the small ones. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a specific condition for that, so I'll just improvise. Oh. <laughs> Maybe entangled. I must say, I don't have brutally slashed at by halfling. It's not something that Paizo prepared for, which is stupid, really. And all the things. I know. They call themselves a games designer. Come on. Maybe. We should, maybe we should tweet them. <laughs> uh, Emlyn, it is your turn. However, if you wanted to do anything. Um. Well, the tiny, vicious person seems to have this. <laughs> and Roxy has just proudly gestured to her kill count to me, which I'm... Dear <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, I've never played a particularly vicious character. Uh, I'm just gonna... Just gonna make my way over to where... Amaranth and Kendra are. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like done out ready. Okay. <laughs> Defensively yeah, pointing yeah. your your weapon at people. Yeah. Um Okay. So top of the round is Lunamote if you wanted to do anything. It looks like the the, the the guys that are still standing are running away. I'm gonna take a little step forward here, mm-hmm. dagger in hand, and I'm gonna look at Gibbs and just sort of gesture like both hands out, one of them with a dagger, and they're just like, "You want to go?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you want to fight about it? <laughs> yeah, you want to go? <laughs> okay. Like, so I'd like to say, um, that, yeah, I'll leave it there. Okay, but the other guys, um, unless does anyone want to take any specifically hostile style actions towards these guys that are running away? No. No. <laughs> uh, so they, they kind of run back to the group and they, um, the, the mob um, kind of pulls themselves away, heading out of the cemetery again. Um, and coming kind of just over... Uh, the hill, um, kind of to this, um, from the northeast, uh, you see an old wizened figure um, stumbling over, reaching inside um, a jacket to pull out this small silver disc that, even from this distance, you can see is engraved with the image of a spiraling comet. And as he kind of re- comes lumbering in towards the crowd, there's this burst of warm energy that blasts off of him oh. and covers everyone in the healing glow of Phrasma's grace. Um, so everyone is healed for five points. Does that um, heal non-lethal? Uh, so if you take any amount of magical healing, um, even a single point, your non-lethal goes to zero. So you okay. lose all your non-lethal damage. Um, but um, as you're kind of like feeling this kind of rush of like vitality come back in, and the guy on the floor kind of you just <gasps> and wakes up, Amaranth drops like a stone. Like a force has hit her, knocked her off her feet, 
And that's where we're going to pick it up next time. Mm, fuck. Because <laughs> things are getting serious up in here. You good, bro? <laughs> I can't believe how much murder there just was. Oh, a little lot of dead bodies. Oh, oh, dear. I just hit the deck. Fuck. <laughs> like, what? Our intro music is The Descent by Kevin MacLeod. Our outro music is Unpromised by Kevin MacLeod. Find more of his music by visiting incompetech.filmmusic.io. The other music in this episode was provided by Sirenscape, providers of epic sound effects, ambience, and background music for tabletop RPGs. Visit sirenscape.com for more information. The Pathfinder role-playing game and the Carrion Crown Adventure Path are owned by Paizo Inc. and are used under Paizo's community use policy. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo and the Pathfinder role-playing game, visit paizo.com. 